Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast, where I talk to alumni about their candid experiences as students and what they're doing in life now. Here in Season 3, we look forward to hearing from alumni across the globe about how Franciscan University has impacted their life and the lives of people around them. I'm your host, Christy Fleming, Class of 2010 and Director of Alumni Relations at Franciscan. Thanks for joining Legends from the Hill podcast. Mary Jaminette McCluskey graduated in 1998 with a communications degree. She works for Project Rachel, supporting the church's post-abortion healing ministry at the national level, while also facilitating training for diocesan leaders. We're excited to hear more and welcome Mary to the podcast. Mary, welcome. It's good to have you here today. Thank you so much. I am so honored to talk with you on this great podcast. It's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's start from the very beginning. Can you tell us where you're from and how did you choose to study at Franciscan? It's actually an interesting story because I'm a transfer student. And growing up, I never, ever thought I would be a transfer student. But so I actually, freshman year, went to the University of Dallas in um, Irving, Texas. And when I was there, I... Uh, I really, I loved it. Good university, but there just was something missing. Um, Lots of my siblings, in fact, all of them, except one, my oldest brother, had gone to Franciscan. And I remember growing up, you know, oh, I don't want to do what everyone else did. I want to be different, right? So I went to University of Dallas. Good experience. But when I was there, there was, there was, to me, the, the spiritual energy that I somehow knew was at Franciscan University was missing. So I actually prayed on Easter Sunday of 1990. Oh, gosh, I'm aging myself here. Whatever it was, my <laughs> freshman <laughs> spring semester of my freshman year at UD. And I remember Easter Sunday flipping a coin. And the I, I know that sounds kind of, you know, we're against, you know, <laughs> future coins, all of that, that kind of thing indicated by a coin flip. But something in me knew, like, the Lord was just saying, yeah, you need to transfer to Franciscan University. So, um, yeah, I I transferred straight into my uh, sophomore year semester um, in the the Gomming campus. And I just, I immediately felt at home. And not just because I was in Gomming with um, several of my older sister's friends, but just because I knew, like, spiritually, that was more important in life, ultimately, rather than my, you know, my academic studies or, and actually, what was interesting is I actually ended up studying at Franciscan what UD did not have, Mm. a communication arts program. So actually, it was a better fit for me all around. So I think God was kind of working in my life and in my soul and saying like, hmm, Sure. Okay. Try your own thing. But ultimately my plan for you is, is to be somewhere else. And I follow that. And I'm, I've been grateful to God ever since for leading me in that direction. How did you choose to transfer and go straight to Austria? That seems like a bold move. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, I guess I've always just been um, adventurous and growing up, we moved around a few times. So um, I, I knew I wanted to go in the fall semester and uh, sophomore year, I heard, was when most students went and was when, a couple, you know, my older sister had gone. And so, um, yeah, I was lucky enough that the university let me do that and just managed to, to be there with a wonderful group of people that were very welcoming. Mm, that is really cool. 
you can't go wrong. I mean, it's such a small, tight knit community. So it's probably a great way to make friends and figure out uh, who you want to be around and how to set that tone early. Yeah, absolutely. And and it was great because I ended up traveling with different groups of friends and, you know, just, and of course, I mean, Austria, traveling all over Europe, you know, we even went to Ireland and I mean, just what an amazing, amazing experience that was. Yeah, that's really cool. Wow. So then you get back onto main campus and did you know you wanted to study communications or where did you go with your major and deciding what to study? Yeah, actually, at the time, I was thinking about um, therapy, becoming a mental health professional. So I took some classes, um, I'm forgetting all the titles now, but Introduction to Mental Health Services, I think it was. And I also took, um, I knew I'd always had a passion for for pro-life. And so I started taking classes um, for the Human Life Studies minor, and I also started to take some communications classes. So I kind of was not quite sure at that point, what I wanted to study. I had done some journalism classes at UD, so I definitely was interested in that. So, but then that spring semester of my sophomore year, it all kind of came together and that summer it kind of became clear to me, no, I really, I really want to study communications and the human life studies minor, and then just kind of see where, um, you know, that leads me. Actually, my dream was always to be a, um, a TV news anchor. Mm. (laughs) And I never ended up doing that. So I have definitely used the communications skills and knowledge that I learned at Franciscan in every aspect of every job I've had. Right, right. Wow, that's really cool. So what else did you find on campus to be involved in and that you were a part of? Yeah, so um, I was in a household uh, called Mother of Love. I don't know if it still exists now it doesn't, right? I'm guessing. I yeah. haven't heard of it recently, but there are a lot. So I can't say for sure, but I haven't heard of it. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, there's a time and a season exactly. for everything, right? Yeah. Um, so mother of both household and through that, some intramural sports. And um, I also was involved in some volunteer activities. In fact, That's where I learned the Divine Mercy Chaplet was um, I volunteered to, I think we did it once a month or every other week we went to, we took a van to a local nursing home and we played board games and visited the residents of the nursing facility. Hmm. And it was in that van, 15 minute drive where we were going just enough time to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And that's Hmm. where I learned it. And through my fellow students, they're like, hey, let's, we have enough time for a chaplet on the way. Let's pray it. And I never prayed it before. So, mm-hmm. and I now, again, pray it, use, use what I learned during my years at Franciscan University through, you know, I use it in my job now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, prayer is a regular part of um, my job now. And I know we'll probably get to that, but yeah. And also um, praying at the abortion facility in Pittsburgh. I did that a lot of Saturday mornings and, you know, to be, that has been um, an irreplaceable experience to connect with fellow young people, 18, 19, 20 years old, committed enough to wake up on a Saturday morning, probably after maybe staying out late at a party the night before or whatever, to go pray in front of an abortion facility. Like that, the sense of community and unity with fellow young people my age, Catholics committed to their faith, to be able to witness like that and to try to serve 
um, you know, those desperate women in that situation and to try to really help them and be there for them and pray for them and witness to the life inside the abortion facility, the lives inside the abortion facility, I should say. That was just a a phenomenal experience. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is one of those things that really sets Franciscan apart where it's like, wow, what a... What an influential thing to do as a college student and to, yeah, sacrifice and give of yourself and in the college years, which is not when most people are thinking of other people. So that is always a very impressive thing to hear, uh, to hear who's doing that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. It was. uh, And, you know, that was actually my um, my first trip to the March for Life was boarding that bus at, I don't know, what midnight and Mm -hmm. driving all through the night in the cold through the mountains to show up in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And I think I've gone to the March for Life every year since then. Wow. Yeah. Since, oh, my gosh. Since, oh, my gosh. Now, 1993, two would have been my first March for Life, yeah. I think. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally aging myself here. <laughs> That's amazing, though. And what a testament of, like, where your life has gone and the what you've dedicated yourself to for so many years. So maybe we can get into that of where you are now and how you're continuing your pro-life ministry and care for those women. Yeah, sure. So after college, um, I kind of had a little bit of a postgraduate slump. I didn't launch into a, a huge successful television career like I imagined early on, you know, but but um, I did actually work um at American Life, I got a job about six or seven months after graduation working at American Life League in Stafford, Virginia. And then um, from there, got a job at a public interest law firm and did called Judicial Watch, called doing um, event planning, fundraising, communications, that kind of thing. And then from there, um, 21 years ago, <laughs> I got the job here at the USCCB Pro Life Secretariat, where I've been for. Um, I'm currently now in my third position in the secretariat. And so my role is to help Catholic dioceses to develop abortion healing ministry, uh, diocesan based, which is most often called Project Rachel Ministry. And it's um, it's an honor. It's a calling really from God. And I really kind of connect it to like the the feeling inside I have when I think about my role here and the people I get to serve, the bishops, the, you know, the diocesan directors that are working so hard to help people encounter the mercy of God and experience healing after their abortion. It really is similar to kind of the feeling I have. I remember praying in the chapel on campus and praying like, Lord, should I, um, should back up a little bit, but I had, I had uh, done uh, Crossroads, Pro-Life Walk Across America. Mm-hmm. And um, through the university, because it was founded by university students. And I I remember praying in the chapel, like, Lord, am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to spend my whole summer walking across the United States to spread the pro-life message with this group? And just that. It was the first experience I had of, like, the Lord clearly speaking to my heart and saying, yes, this is my plan for you. I want you to do this. This is what... You know, and that experience has always stayed with me. I learned so much from it. And so, yeah, that I think is when I really felt clearly the call of the Lord to do pro-life work. Mm. And um, now I just I, I just feel so grateful to have this job and 
And it, it's ironic. It's it's behind the scenes. It's not in front of the camera. Like I always thought that, uh, you know, I would be in front of the camera mm-hmm. doing communications. And, you know, sure, I could have tried to go the EWTN route and all of that. But like, that's clearly what got not what God wanted for me. Um, and I just I'm very just feel honored to be doing this work and to help serve where I can serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you finding as maybe some of the biggest needs that dioceses are looking for or needing, especially kind of in light of the last couple of years with the Supreme Court and all of that? What have you found? Yeah, I think they need, I think people who, who work in dioceses in particular, I think they need to be seen, encouraged, supported. It's, it's a very tough job. Um, Working for the church, you, you people do it because they want to serve, because they see the, their beautiful souls see the need of these suffering people, and they're filled with so much compassion. And I think people tend to see um, the abortion issue as a political issue, and and it's really not. I mean, it, it is also, and policy efforts and all of that are so very important. But but really, like abortion healing ministry is 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 the very work of Christ. It's really what the church is for, and it's a work of evangelization. And so I think, you know, all the directors of Project Rachel Ministry and people working in dioceses, um, I think they just need need prayers and a sense of just encouragement. And, um, you know, the pay is, is not going to be what it is in the corporate world, but that's not why people do it. But just a sense of... Um, you know, at least what I can do now on this podcast is say thank you to all the alumni or, you know, people who work in dioceses as youth ministers or work for the church in all these different capacities. Like, thank you. And, you know, um, they're just they're really my heroes. And I'm honored to get to talk to them and work with them every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. It's such an important part of the pro-life ministry and mission is to be able to still walk with people in all of the different phases. So that's amazing. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, I'm happy to. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. So maybe reflecting back on thinking you were going to go in one direction and seeing how your life has kind of gone in a different direction. Do you have any advice or thoughts for students based on your experience? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, I am super jealous, I will freely admit, at, like, all the opportunities and things that the university is now doing, like, that I, you know, like, the PhD in theology that was just announced, like, wow, I kind of wish I could go back and, you know, take, you know, the HCC major and the theology, you know, be a theology major and all these things. So I I think I would say um, to go back and, and soak it up just on a deeper level, you know? I was very social, went to a lot of parties, you know, spent a lot of time, like probably a little bit more time at parties than in the library than, you know, I maybe Mm. should have. But I wish I could go back and really um, talk to more professors and soak up more of the ideas and connect all the dots of really what it means to be um, to be Catholic. I mean, I, I'm, you're definitely, I remember definitely being steeped in it, but I don't think I appreciated it. So I think I would just say more time developing relationships with people doing um, students, but also professors or the staff and the, um, 
all the different levels of staff at the university who put so much time and effort into campus life and, uh, you know, career development, like Mm -hmm. just getting to know them better and to really kind of ask their advice. And um, yeah, just, I think I just appreciating it more and talking more, developing more relationships. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I feel like some of my regrets are not taking advantage of all the professors and, getting to know them and their wisdom. It's like they're choosing to be at Franciscan for a reason and that common thread and purpose. So it's really encouraging. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And maybe to just be a little bit more intentional about a plan, right? Like God kind of always took care of me and has given me opportunities. And and I've said yes to them, which I think is important. But I think maybe to be intentional and to have a plan and say, what skills do I need? For example, I really wish I'd gone back and taken like a business management course or an economics course or something. And and you learn those things that you need, you know, along the way later in life. There's plenty of opportunities later. You know, I did get my um, master's degree online later after I graduated uh, my master's degree in theology. But, uh, you know, still like. And there's only so much time, right? You're usually on campus for four years, most Mm -hmm. students. Um, There's grad programs as well. But, you know, I think I just, um, just to maybe be a little bit more intentional and to say, what do I really need uniquely for me, for my path in life that God wants me on? Mm -hmm. And probably, of course, more time in prayer, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I, I, all the prayer opportunities, you know, praying at the port, praying, um, you know, a weekly holy hour. I never did that. A lot of students did, but mm-hmm. I kind of wish I had done that. Mm-hmm. You know, traits to the port at 2 a.m. Um, I'm assuming that's still off around campus, but mm-hmm. more time in prayer, I think, would have been good as well. Yeah, man. It's always hindsight's 2020 as a college student. We could always do it differently, yeah. but sounds like God's taken you on the path where you're supposed to be, and it's quite a gift. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I kind of look at my university years as it was an, almost an extension I was of my family life growing up. I mean, I was blessed to be in a um, Catholic home with both parents married, married still 55 years later, but active practicing Catholics. It's almost like the university was an extension of that, mm-hmm. you know, of, of family, of faith, of like truly the 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 blood of Christ is a stronger bond than even biological, you know, right. uh, family, right? And that's that's amazing when you think about that. And yeah. that's really um, what I most value, I think, is now in my life, having all those connections and experiences and knowing many of my, you know, even people who graduated 10, 15 years ago, encountering people, right, out in the world, professionally alumni, and saying, hey, what years were you there? Usually it's before me, mm-hmm. or I mean, excuse me, after me. And so I have to admit when I graduated, but, <laughs> but it's just great. It's like a connection right. that it's like finding a long lost relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I love that, that network. And especially where you are in DC, there's so many alumni. So it's a great, great place to be. Yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. Very cool. Well, can we take you back down memory lane a little bit more? And we've got our hot takes from the Hill here. So looking back, who was your favorite professor? Oh, Professor David Schaefer. He's great. 
good professor, you know, totally a, a, a nerd. I can say that now because nerd's like a good thing. Nerd <laughs> for radio TV comms and just a, a great, fun professor. Very accessible, very kind, very uh, just really good at his job. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And what about your favorite class? Well, right along with it, I'd have to say Cinema Studies by um, Professor Schaefer because, and not just because we got to watch a movie once a week, um, <laughs> but because it, it connected our faith and the Catholic perspective to the culture, right? Mm-hmm. And and now we see that, right? We see film, television shows impacting people, media in a way that you know, a lecture or a homily can't or mm-hmm. doesn't, right? And how impactful that is telling stories. And that's really what movies do is tell stories and the intricacies of how to do that. Those lessons have stayed with me um, throughout mm-hmm. my life. Yeah, really cool. Um, all right. Well, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but where where was your favorite place to study as a student when you did study? Yeah, I'd have to say those those study carols. How you pronounce it in the library, right? Like I I definitely need silence. I can't study with music or anything around me, and so it was very quiet in the library, which I loved. And just being around books, it just set the tone. The only time it wasn't quiet was when some student would take a library book and put it in someone's backpack so that when they left and went through the censors, the alarms went off and everybody laughed and knew what had happened. (laughs) Uh It was very funny, actually. It was a nice little laugh of a study break. (laughs) I think the library was probably a central place for pranks. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that is probably still the case, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, right? It yeah, seemed to be a good distracting place to have some pranks done. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, what about your favorite campus activity as a student? Um, this is a little bit, this is going to be maybe sound weird, but walking up the hill to class to Egan. I, I just, I, yes, I could say, you know, mass going to the march for life going to class and just you know all the prayer opportunities and mass opportunities and but really was i just remember that feeling of walking up that hill right you know the hill even in the snow and ice right like just i'm going to class i have a job to do to learn to be with my like and everybody was going to a different class and um Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but like Mm -hmm. just being on campus with fellow students and everybody called to their unique path and just it was like, all right, here we go. We're going to do it. We're Mm -hmm. here. We are. We're walking to class, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's one of my favorite memories. Um, Even when (laughs) one time someone's skirt got stuck in their backpack strap and people were trying to rush toward like no Uh, get your skirts (laughs) you know anyway just even moments like that um you know just just being a part of the student body there Mm -hmm. yeah and the bustle the yeah common experience of walking around campus Yeah, yeah totally all right and finally have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place Yes, probably the most unexpected was in Bethlehem in Israel. Okay. Um, yeah, so 
I went to school with a guy. He was, I think, a class behind me, and he was actually from there. Mm. My family and I in 2000 were on a Jubilee pilgrimage trip to the Holy Land, and we happened to be in Bethlehem, walking around, walking back to the bus, and um, my sisters and I, all of a sudden, there he was with his cousin, and he was home for, I think it was summer. Yeah, it was like July or August. So we ran into him and we were like, what are you? It was just the craziest wow. experience. Like, hey, you graduated, right? Like, hey, it's cool together. Oh. And then later that night, they invited us out to this dance club in Bethlehem. Yes. So we went dancing with he and his cousin. And it was just so unexpected, but just an amazing testament to like, wow, Franciscan University students are everywhere. Yeah, that is like an out of, it's like, wait, we're in really far away places and this is like out of context. It was almost unbelievable. Like, hey, you, what, really you? You know, just seeing him in the crowd walking by randomly on the street. Wow. And then you get a yeah. local experience of Bethlehem. That's pretty cool. Y- yes, we definitely, I know. And I think sadly, I think that, that dance club was later, you know, bombed or what, I don't mm. know. Yeah. It yeah. was just, um, but yeah, local, definitely local experience. We were definitely the unusual American young women who were dancing to the music and all the other young local young ladies were kind of not dancing. I'm sure. Know, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a cool experience. That's awesome. Well, Mary, thank you so much for sharing about your student experience, your professional. Thank you for all of the work that you're doing. And we will continue to pray for you and all the ministries that you're impacting across the country. Thank you so much. And what a pleasure to be on the podcast and to talk about the university and to just, uh, um, yeah, I'll also pray for other day the university all the staff and all the students because oh exciting things ahead it's just fun to think about mm-hmm. all the amazing things that the the uh, alumni are going to do it is yeah it's very exciting to be a part of this network so thank you for for sharing and being involved you're welcome do you know an alumni with a story to tell we want to share legends from the entire university history and would love your suggestions email us at alumni at franciscan.edu. And I'll be back here in two weeks with a new conversation you won't want to miss.